You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome to another episode of The Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. I am your host, the human potato of comedy, Jeff Paul. I'm here with a very, very talented comedian. She's lovely. She's hilarious. Uh, she's got a huge strap-on cock. Huge! Huge! Adrian Fish is here in the Never Sleep studio, everyone! <laughs> How are you, Fishy? I'm doing great! Yeah, welcome. Thanks. Welcome. What do you think? I think it's beautiful. I wish you guys could see the setup. There is a giant shark on the wall. Yeah, yeah, we're doing okay. We got a big, nice day bed here in yeah. case uh, the mood strikes. And in case I want to <laughs> pop out that strap on. Yeah! <laughs> you, ever, you ever pegged a man? <laughs> this is a great Start a question. <laughs> hey, friends. Um, I'm you, not. I'm Alex not. would really like to try it sometime. You into it? Yeah, Alex, our producer here. You know him? Yeah. My, uh, that's my Baba Jewy right there. No, he's beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the tribe as well. Look at this, eh? Amen. Yumki, happy Yumki is tomorrow. Shana Tova. Yeah, Shana that's it. Shana Tova was last week, this week. I mean, it means, ha- like, Happy New Year. Right, and Yom Kippur is tomorrow. That's right. We're supposed to be fasting. What is, I, are you I fasting? Fast- between meals. <laughs> <laughs> That's like every Jewish dad joke. <laughs> are, are you practicing Jewish? <laughs> no, no. No, I don't. No. You don't give a shit, do you, Alex? You no. just do it for the jokes. I That's do. all Alex is in it for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew I mean, I grew up Jewish. Um, Was it a, like a, a strict Jewish household? Or no, like? no, not by any, by any stretch of the imagination. No, my, my parents mostly like did their... T- Thing. like we celebrated the holidays with our family friends just for the tradition aspect of it but mm-hmm. like my dad hates religion and my mom likes the tradition aspect of it yeah i find that like um most uh jewish people they can celebrate their religious stuff but leave the religion out yeah like, totally there's uh, it's more of a coming together and uh all that but i think that's like i guess Christians most do that holidays too. Like, yeah. i don't think my christmas ever has anything to do with baby jesus totally yeah exactly um so yeah i guess whatever everyone needs an excuse to get together totally my sister turned super religious though like my eldest sister oh yeah how what's uh what's the sibling count over here uh we got two sisters two i'm the youngest. all three girls three ladies you're the youngest yeah, I'm, the I'm the youngest of three boys oh, this is adorable oh my god <laughs> That's, uh, how old are you? Is that a weird question? Not at all. I'm 33. Okay. Yes, 33. So born in... 85. 85. Okay, I got five years on you. Well, isn't that fun? How, how old are your siblings? Um, gaps I got a, between them or? Um, not too, it's three years in between each of us. Okay. Um, so my eldest sister, I guess is pushing, pushing 40. Um, yeah, she turned religious like, like in... 25 i guess she kind of got married had kids and like married a jewish man <laughs> of course well i don't know man i i would hate i told uh kira i my, my new wife um i was like hey whatever happens in our life just don't ever try to become jewish yeah no not jewish <laughs> just don't don't be born again don't fucking right. find god at some point right because i'm not sticking around for that shit yeah totally and also like that's the thing is that the i mean luckily uh, my sister's husband is into it so like they've kind of gotten i mean she's definitely become more religious than him mm-hmm. um which for sure has created some tension but um they worked through it they got four boys is it oh, uh so uh family dinners everything's got to be kosher and everything super kosher yeah. um super jewy is that a pain in the ass for everyone or i mean for not really for me i mean i just go to my sister's place and we have dinner but i mean for oh, she's me, the one cooking it oh 100 yeah so well you, be, you never have to have the family over and <laughs> cook no. all these dishes that are and hide all of yeah. my weed <laughs> <laughs> the Jews no, don't no. like the weed. <laughs> the Jews do love weed, but I don't know if uh, I'd be it'd be kosher weed. Uh-huh. Um, but my yeah, no, it would be the the hard part is taking my nephews out. If I want to take them out, then it's like I gotta you gotta have them back at meals because it's really hard to eat mm-hmm. kosher yeah, outside you can't of it. Throw a, so it's like a pain in the ass. You can't in that throw aspect. a Big Mac in them. No, no. Bacon double cheeseburger. Kosher. But they can watch you eat one. Eh? <laughs> and they have. <laughs> My f- family, uh, they really adjusted easily to uh, Kira's veganism. Mm. Um, which is tough for my parents because they are meat and potatoes people, you know? Yeah, I can see that. And it's just uh, confuses my dad a lot. Like every time we're uh, we're all like up at the cottage or something and 
she's got like we're cooking steaks and then she puts this little weird tube of something on it. Yeah. And I was like, I got to use a different flipper for this thing. Is she pretty strict like that? No, she's she's fine with it. It's just, I do it out of courtesy, but it, it all depends on like what I'm cooking. If I'm cooking something that's like, a, like a juicy piece of meat that's going to get on the shit, yeah. then I want to use a different thing. Yeah. Know? But yeah. if it's like something that you can just turn easily and there's not going to be, you know, you can... You can sneak it in. Totally. I mean, like, as... But don't tell her I do that. She listens to this. God damn it. I Love you. <laughs> Love you, Pip. <laughs> I don't know. I, if, as a vegetarian or someone who... I, I don't label myself one way or the other. And, like, I just... You know, generally, I tend to eat vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if I'm at a barbecue, I'll probably choose the vegetarian option. But, God damn, I hope that they flip it with some of that meat <laughs> juice. But if they're... Say you're, say you're at a barbecue and it's burgers and there are no veggie burgers, will you, you eat the Oh, I'm, I'm eating burgers. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Um, how often do you... Uh, break the diet whenever when it's like that you know if i'm like uh, somewhere and someone's cooked something and then i'm gonna eat the thing that they've cooked if i'm not gonna purchase meat Mm -hmm. um but i will eat it if someone else purchased it you're like one of those asshole smokers i don't buy cigarettes (laughs) 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 hey man you got a spare burger over there We're all on a vegetarian. Oh, you, you got a bun too? You got a bun? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, what's uh, what's life like growing up? Um, life was, I mean, I hit the jackpot. I had a really sweet little childhood. Grew up in Toronto? Grew up in Toronto in like North York area. Okay. What did um, your parents do? My mom is a microbiologist um, okay. and my dad uh, was a real estate appraiser. Okay. Um, had his own company. Shout out to Altus Group. All right. <laughs> um, and <Some> group. <laughs> so things were going okay. Things were going, I mean, yeah, and they were super cool parents. They were like, you got to do what you love. Like mm-hmm. that was their message always growing up. It was never like, you have to be this. Yeah, they never put pressure on us other than to just find something that we were passionate about and do that. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. I went to an art school growing up, so like school. Like was, right from the beginning. Um, grade four. Grade four. Yeah, so grade four. You're a good student? Are you, you you acting out? Or are you you're a good kid? I was a pretty good kid. Yeah, no, I was a I was a good kid. I mean, I was I definitely got in trouble from time to time, but it was never like anything out of the ordinary. It was just normal, mm-hmm. stupid kid ne- shit. Cops never called home because they busted your shoplifting down at the Eaton Center. Um, <laughs> not until I was eighteen. That's when the ah. cops started to come in. <laughs> But through the stretch of like, you know, when I was living at home, yeah, I was a pretty, pretty, pretty good kid. I, te- I think I tested the lines, but no more than other kids mm-hmm. would. So, and then you, uh, when you get, when you got off, out on your own, you let loose, eh? And shit got See, I always find out. that as a problem because I had a pretty loose childhood <laughs> growing up. Like it was, uh, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of rules and, um, I don't know, we, I started partying very young. Yeah. What does that mean? Partying? Like, just, I don't know, like. In high school, drinking. I, I was never a drug guy. I was like weed. And I did a lot of acid in like grade nine and 10. What? Too much acid. That is crazy to me to do acid in grade nine. Like I yeah. could, my well, brain was, can barely wrap it. Yeah, well, it was just because that's like, that's what was in at the time. Like acid's back now. Yeah. Uh, but it was away for a long time. Yeah. So it just comes in waves. So I was just in the wave. Just like acid. Yeah. And, I, and everyone's doing acid. I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking try that. And like, I, I did a lot. And like really? a lot at a time. Where dude. would you do it? I don't know, like uh, just out in the, just out, you know, like if I'm in Niagara Lake, it would be like at bush parties. Oh, okay. Like that, that's true. You, know? you grew up in the country. Yeah. yeah. But then okay. I, uh, when my parents separated, when I went into high school, I was living in St. Catharines and we would just like, uh, I don't know, we had a one buddy's place that his mom didn't fucking, didn't ask what was going on in the basement. Okay, so you did acid in a basement. See, that is terrifying to me. I it, it, it had a walkout. <laughs> it was a house on a on a hill, so the basement had a walkout. So you weren't in this like, but there was one side of the house that was, there was a room that was crooked floors, no windows, and uh, this was like the party room. You could fucking drink and smoke and spit on the floor and shit, and it was just full of couches. Yeah, if you uh, woke up in there and all the lights were out, you didn't know where the fuck you were. The floor is all crooked trying to get out. Oh, that sounds awful. It was a a fun teenage place to hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Looking back now, I think that boy's mother should have had a little more control over the situation. Listen in, Zach's mom. (laughs) Uh, My mom was, uh, like, because my parents split up when I went to high school. So that's when you, you really start, you know, branching out and 
you know, getting into more trouble. Sure. And so I lived with my mom and she didn't have a grasp on anything, but she let, <laughs> she let us. Does your uh, mom listen to this podcast? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> she, she supports me a lot. But no, it was just like, the thing is, um, she just got out of a marriage of 20 years and she had like, she had a kid when she was 18 and she was married to my dad that whole time. Were you that kid? No, no. Okay. I, I'm the youngest. Oh, right. So. I came five years later. So my parents had three kids within five years, um, starting at 18 years old. Oh my God. And uh, so my mom, like, they're married 19 years, I guess. So she's coming out of this marriage at like probably 38, 37, 38 years old or something, which is like what now, I'm at now. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're still young, you know? So she was, she started her party phase then. Right. Um, and like, so she kind of, I don't know, she was out. Most nights, like, or, oh, like it, weekends, weekends would come and she'd like Friday, Saturday night, she'd be a ghost. Bye-bye. And we were teenagers. So like, it wasn't like she was abandoning us. It was just like, you guys fucking, you're on your own. And we'd have parties and she'd come home and be like, oh, hey, like she's already half snapped and uh, just let the parties go on. And then parents would call and complain. She's like, yeah. And they fucking slept on my couch after they got drunk. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. At least they're at a yeah, house. They're, they're confined. Yeah. You now they're not under a bridge somewhere. Totally. But I think because of that looseness, I think I, uh, I don't know, I didn't have to fucking explode when I finally moved out of my... Right, right. I see what you're saying. <clears throat> you know, like my parents never really kept like a tight, it was never like a tight leash on me. Mm -hmm. um, they did allow some give, but I, I mean, my whole, I, I was pretty sheltered in the sense that my friends were like, we were all art school students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were just like... You know, pretty good kids. We smoked weed, kind of, sort of. Like, you know, we we'd get high and go to class, but like, we all cared about schooling. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. it was that kind of crew that I chilled with. And yeah, I was at the point I went like I was in high school. It was like I want to get the fuck out. And yeah, skipping all the time. Okay, I liked <clears throat> school. I was one of those kids. I mm -hmm. I liked. I I mean, I didn't love like class, but I wanted to do. I had motivation to do well, and I was doing sports, and I was mm -hmm. involved in the art stuff. What sports so. did you play growing up? Um, I played hockey and rugby. Hockey and rugby. Kira played rugby. Yeah, I know Kira played rugby. She plays for the Saracens, right? Shut up the Saracens. I don't know. I think I she know. does. I, I think she plays club Saracens. I wasn't at those games. Okay. <laughs> does she still play? No, no, no. Now she's a boxer. Really? Yeah. yeah I so, did kickboxing so, a couple so years ago. Stay, stay with me, fish. My wife will kick your ass, okay? <laughs> your wife was always going to kick my ass. <laughs> Were you a good hockey player? Like, what level did you get to? Yeah, it was as pretty good hockey. High as you can get uh, for like girls minor hockey. Pretty much, yeah. I played yeah. double A um, nice. my last year. Uh, I went to school, went to uh, university, was going to play on the varsity team of Dalhousie, and then uh, they told me that I would be playing right wing, and I was just like, I'm not playing wing. <laughs> Were you center? I'm a center. <laughs> uh, it's always to me. I remember when I got moved to the wing. Yeah. I, mean, I, I started as a defenseman, and then everyone grew, and I didn't. Uh, and they're like, you can't be a defenseman anymore. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> it's a ball. I mean, I hated defense. I was never good at defense. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they put me on the wing, and then I was kind of less interested, and then I, you know... Then I did cocaine, and then I was like, goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye, sports. <laughs> um, did, what about, like, through high school? Did you, uh, Do art schools have sports teams? Totally. Well, the thing with my school is that it was, um, it was Earl Haig, so um, there was the the arts program called the Claude Watson program within the school. Uh, okay. And within the collegiate program. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, there was a school of 3,000, so we had, like, every 3, single sport. Thousand. Yeah. And, like... I don't think we got at 400 when I was leaving. Yeah, school. it's a, it was massive. That's our, why our school was built for I think 2,000, and we had like three to 400 students, and okay. it was just like half the thing was empty. They end up they shut it down eventually after I left, but mm. yeah, it was uh, falling apart. Old school. Yeah, and no, ours was huge. It was massive, which is like probably part of the reason why. It was so dope. Was it just like there's there was no room for like the cool kids or the not cool kids. There's just mm -hmm. too many people. It was a yeah. small community. Of, uh, it was like a small little world. So there was tiny tons of little pockets. Everyone had a crew to chill with. Yeah. Um, tons of sports teams. There's dragon boat, like volleyball, any single sport you wanted to do. There. Were you playing a lot of school sports or, or? just hockey and just rugby? Hockey. Yeah, yeah. Um, rugby was the my main squeeze because hockey I played outside of school, yeah. um, but the school team was all right. But our rugby team was really good. 
Nice, nice. And at what age did you start uh, admiring the other girls in the dressing room? Um, you know what? That came at like 14. Yeah? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Alex is loving that question. <laughs> <laughs> at what transition. Age, at what age did the lesbian pillow fights start happening? <laughs> well. I like that it happened at 14 because it'd be perverted if you're looking at, you know. <laughs> 12-year-olds? Yeah, 12-year-olds in the showers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, it was, yeah, 14, I guess grade 9. Well, I had a boyfriend, Sai like, where you at, Sai? Call me. I had a boyfriend in grade 8 that was, like, barely a boyfriend. Like, we, like, held hands at Canada's Wonderland one time. We're like, oh we're together. Um, we French kissed once. It was awful. You hear that sigh? Awful. Uh, I've had some bad kissers in my day. That was my first French kiss, though. And I was like, oh, God, is, is this, this what kissing <laughs> is? There's a tongue down my throat. I'm never doing this again. I kissed this one girl. She was like on the lean in. Her tongue was already like two inches out of her. Oh, like, God. What the fuck is happening here, man? Are you a reptile? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it was um, grade... Grade nine. nine, yeah. Well, I just come back from summer camp. This story doesn't get any gayer. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Did you go to summer camp as a kid? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up at a summer camp. And no, nothing, not, nothing going on. Nothing, no funny business with the girls then. There was never any. I mean, I had crushes on my counselors. That's probably that was my first crush was on uh, a counselor, okay. which is how I was like, ah, oh, shit. I think I'm. I'm I remember. Uh, well, my first clue was I was watching Friends, and you know the episode where Ross kisses Rachel. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, the very first episode where he kisses Rachel, I remember Ross kissed Rachel, and my first thought was, like, oh, my God, Ross is so lucky. And I was like, oh, that's pretty gay of me to think that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Ross kissed Rachel, and all I could think of, what's his ex-wife doing right now with that other girl? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Friends turned me gay. Um and then after that, I started to think like, oh, okay, do I like, is that something that I'm into? And then I remember I was at summer camp and then, um. Was it something you fought? Or? No, I never fought it. Like, that's what I had, that's what I mean. I never had like a, a thing where I was like, am I gay? Oh no. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm gay. Like it was never a, mm-hmm. an issue in my brain. And then I had crushes on counselors and I went to grade nine and. I had a crush on our rugby school captain and like I just kept getting crushes on girls way yeah, more yeah. than I would have crushes on boys. I still had crushes on like a couple of dudes, but they were fleeting. I was way more stronger mm-hmm. with, with the with the ladies. I see. And then in grade ten I got my first girlfriend. Yeah, do um, you uh is this an open thing at this point? What does like, that mean? Like do you are you is it a secret love or is it a uh hey we're girls and we're in they, grade ten? Yeah. Oh no, grade ten it was secret. I had a I had a like a web of lies happening it was really pretty intricate considering i was like 15 years old um so i dated this girl named jeanette she was when i was 16 Mm -hmm. 15 turning 16 she thought i was 18 (laughs) oh whoops um and she so i told my friends in school that i was dating my buddy named greg who i have one of my best buddies is named greg and I, so they all thought I was dating him. I told my buddy Greg that I was dating a 21-year-old named Adam, and I couldn't tell my friends about Adam, so, I, so would I, he be my pretend boyfriend? <laughs> he was like, no problem. <laughs> so I had two different boyfriends for two different crews of people. For my camp friends, I was dating a guy named Adam, <laughs> and for my high school friends, I was dating uh, Greg. And so I had that little, like, web happening. Um, so whenever we went to, like, Cannes Wonderland, if we went to the movies or for my prom, mm-hmm. Greg took me. That's, uh, that's a shame. Uh, Is it? Or, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I started telling my friends um, in grade um, 11, almost 12, actually. I think I told, I told all my friends in grade 12. They're good? Knew. Oh, yeah. That's an art school. Oh, what about your parents? Because they, they send you to an art school, but are they, uh, like, are they liberal people? Totally. Yeah. yeah they were fine with it? Oh, my God. Yeah. I told my parents when I was in university. Okay. So, not because I think thought they'd have a problem with it, but... Mm-hmm. You just don't want to discuss your sexuality with yeah, your parents. Yeah. Like, it's kind of an... And they're, my parents are British, so we were never mm-hmm. a very open family. Like, yeah. the sex talk didn't even really happen. I don't ever remember there being well, one. It's I, probably their fault, then. It's you? their fault. You did this to me, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> never got enough hugs. Like if I had a, a lesbian daughter, and when she came out, I'd probably, like, fist bump her. Like, get <laughs> 
Get that puss, girl. You Get that puss. Did. You kind of did. He's like, yep, I get it. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> that was pretty much it. That was his talk. He was like, go get him. Kira was uh, someone's fake boyfriend for years. What do you What, what like, do you mean? Like for family functions and stuff. How uh, would she be a boyfriend? Or f- fake girlfriend, sorry. She was oh, she was okay. the fake girlfriend for years. So like... Uh, oh, for a buddy first. Yeah, a oh, gay nice. guy. And... and uh, I don't know, like, she doesn't know if her parents knew or just, and just played along, but it was, uh, like, I don't know, she was in this fi- family for, for Wow, that's kind of crazier. Yeah. No, I never brought Greg to my, my parents just thought I was with no one. I never told them I was with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be a next level to, like, bring them to meet the family. Yeah. Wow. It's like some can't buy me love bullshit. Eh? Yeah, I've never seen that. You never saw that, Patrick Dempsey? No. Oh, he pays the coolest girl in school $1,000 to date him for a month. How does it go? Should I just watch it? He's, uh, I don't know, he gets her out of a jam and he uh, helps her out and they make a deal. Yeah, and it's like $1,000 and then he's like a total nerd and then she pretends to date him and gets him into the in crowd. Huh. And it's uh, it's a good movie. Good 80s movie. Good Dempsey movie. Mm. He, made a, he made a few gems back in the day. Mm. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> Check That's it. our endorsement for this week. <laughs> I don't, we never do endorsements. <laughs> and now our segment. <laughs> um, where were we? Oh, yeah. So you go to university. So I go to university. Um, uh, so I was with this girl named Jeanette for like two years. Then we went, I went away to university. What's and, the, uh, sorry, uh, yeah. let's go back to high school. Um, the grades are good in high school? Totally. Yeah, I had B's and A's. B's and A's? Yeah. I, yeah, I was fairly focused. I mean, when I got a girlfriend, things like, I mean, I was a little bit less focused, but mm-hmm. I still like but wanted to go to university. The partying isn't happening yet? Maybe get drunk here and there? Yeah, exactly. Couple like, joints? Yeah, exactly. Like there was never any hard drugs or anything like that. It was still, it was all pretty calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my hockey, like I didn't want to go to practice as much. So like that kind of stuff, but nothing. Uh, I remember when I started, stopped giving a shit about the sports. Yeah, what yeah. I do in here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the drive kind of goes away. But then I went to university. I went to Dalhousie out east. So it was my first time, like, on. Uh, Jesus, Alex, we're recording here. <laughs> dropping shit, playing fucking. What's that, Candy Crush on your phone? Pay attention. You're a producer, for Christ's sakes. Anyway. <laughs> As I was We're not even going to edit that up. out. Everyone's going to have to hear that. We're going to shame him. Fuck you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what happened out of that? Oh, went to University Dalhousie on my own for the first time. And why did you choose Dalhousie? What's the course you're after out there? There was nothing I was after. I just wanted to go away. Just I wanted the out. university experience. Yeah. And I got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I met this girl, and things my whole life just turned upside down. Was uh, she? already into drugs or was this a venture you guys took together she had a substance abuse problem oh so so she she had dragged you down with her i I mean yeah so she'd never tried so we got addicted to to blow together but um (laughs) she had never tried cocaine before me okay um but she had gone through an an m addiction or ecstasy addiction you can addicted ecstasy well she was doing it like every single day for a long time yeah what does that do after like after day three, are you feeling anything? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think my whole life. I mean, I could do um a few days in a row when I was in my early twenties, but now it's like I do it once and I'm out for weeks. I'm like, God damn! <laughs> like my serotonin levels just don't. Yeah, what's that called? Rejuvenate. Rejuvenate. Did you just say Jew? Yeah, um, I called you a Jew right there. Right. <laughs> did you say dirty Jew. Right in rejuvenate. <laughs> Read Dirty Juvenate. <laughs> Is this first year of university? First year of university, yeah. It was literally like right out the gate. It was like October I met this girl. And and how quick does it go downhill? Pretty fast. I think like by Christmas, by Christmas? Time, Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, Christmas time, I remember going home. I remember coming back, and that was kind of the last normal thing for that I can remember for the next, like, four years of my life. Um, yeah, so met this girl. With, then we tried Blow Together. And to be honest, I was never actually addicted to, to Coke. Like, I never felt – but I was addicted to her. Mm-hmm. And so whatever she wanted – yeah, we yeah. were doing You're so just doing coke to keep the party going it, pretty much i yeah. just wanted to be with her all the time and mm-hmm. so that's what we were doing and it got totally 110 percent out of hand uh, um my my grade slipped um i was put on academic probation in my second year 
Are you living on campus or you got a place with was, her now? I was living on campus in my first year, but I was barely there. Um, and my parents found out in my first year, one of my best friends called my parents like in a panic and was like, Adrian is fucked <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and like at the time Good I friend. remember being yeah exactly I remember being like upset with her but ultimately that's probably what needed to happen and my parents came down it was a big thing like I had oh god yeah it was pretty bad um, and then I kind of went away for the summer I went to the summer camp again as a, like a staff obviously I hope so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's my bunk <laughs> give me your little girl <laughs> doing, doing lines off the, the ski dock and that kind of straightened me out a little bit because i was like oh yeah my life and then but then i went back to university and so then I started, you're going back second year second year you guys just got a place together at this point actually i got a place with two of my buddies okay Again, though, never there. Girls or boys? Uh, two of my, two of my girl, two of my girls. Yeah, okay. two of my best buds. Um, so there is some stability in the home. Yeah, there was supposed to be. Yeah, um, <laughs> but as with any, you know, it, I probably should have stayed away for a lot were longer. Were these girls partying too? Your roommates? Not like me. Not like they're you. like university partying. They're drinking bunch and like getting wasted and smoking doobies. You know, they were mm-hmm. like university partying. But yeah. I was like off campus. I didn't see anyone. And yeah, I didn't go to classes anymore. That's when I got on academic probation and was just like with this girl all the time. Do it, you know. And then we like sold all our shit and we, like our place literally looked like a crack den. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it got pretty bad. We were like returning bottles for. <laughs> it was weird, just crackheads for a little while there. Um, <laughs> Best years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had a great time. I'm really getting, great high. I'm getting educated. <laughs> <laughs> dropped out of school, worked at Tim Hortons for the next like couple of years. Still out there? Oh, yeah. You dropped out of school? Yeah. Um, second year. Second year, halfway and through. Do you tell your folks about this? Oh yeah, they knew. Yeah. What, did, what did they have to say about that? Oh, uh, they weren't too pumped. Um, but there was nothing like. Are they? No s- one could get through to me. I was in this different world. And are they making trips out there to try and like? They did. They they were. Yeah, and uh, you know they tried to get me to see a psychiatrist. You know they they were they had no. It was totally like not expected yeah at yeah like, all. Uh, like good I was, girl gone bad good yeah totally like, i was in i was in a jazz band in high school like mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden i'm like selling my trombone <laughs> you know so like to one pawn shop like so like this was just like they didn't know what to do no one really knew what to do so it was just a series of terrible events uh one after the other and then eventually uh yeah dropped out and then they were trying they yeah they didn't know what to like they just weren't supporting me anymore obviously but they were also scared not to support me because then where are we getting the money from? It was pretty bad, um, but they were amazing. Human- and that's the thing. Like, I got through it. Well, I, I, I want to uh, delve into this because I've seen you do the bit about um, right. this. Talk, tell me about you, you rented a U-Haul and crashed into a liquor store. Sure did, champ. All right. Let's hear this. <laughs> let's go here. <laughs> let's go down this hole. That was actually going into my second year. So my second year, I got a U-Haul from Toronto. And I drove to Halifax with my buddy Greg. Um, and when we got there, we got there like a day earlier. We had still had the U-Haul for an extra couple of days. So mm-hmm. I told Greg I would return it. <laughs> so I went and picked up my girlfriend. I was like, check out my ride. <laughs> um, and we went. <laughs> Let's go load this yeah. thing with Coke. <laughs> <laughs> we can sell this Put thing. Put the ramp down. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we decided to go to a bar. Uh, had some drinks and then I was like I'm too drunk to drive and so she was like <laughs> I got this so we drove um to a drive through liquor store which they have drive through liquor stores you trying to get a U-Haul through there that's exactly where things went wrong me. Uh, yeah because the U-Haul is like 11 inches you, high and a you coke girls don't know shit <laughs> but we didn't know at the time that's what happened so we like slammed into this trying to do a drive through we slammed into this thing and we'd been hitting curbs all day long because it's a U-Haul mm-hmm. um, and so we just girl thought we, drivers oh shit dirty Jew girl drivers uh, you heard it on the Never Sleeps Network <laughs> lesbians uh, don't know how to drive <laughs> um hang on my keys are in my back pocket that's what's happening here okay so get comfortable you fuck we're halfway through this you guys got a line or <laughs> um sorry we didn't read your rider <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, drove a U-Haul into a thing. We thought we hit a curb, so we just backed out and there's no rear view mirror. We end up s smashing into this Mercedes that was behind us. And that's when we took off uh, in a U-Haul. We were in hit and run in a U-Haul. Uh, she's driving. She's driving. And uh, yeah. was there even a where you like hit the f hit it? Let's go. Uh, no, we got or out. Or was the she were like fuck this? Yeah, like I'm taking she, you with me. And she had no insurance, so we were like we're fucked and we're drunk. This is really bad. Um, don't try this. Don't at try this at home, home kids. kids. This was way back in the zeros, though, wasn't it? People were getting crazy back then. Yeah, totally. It was <laughs> zero, one, oh, Z two, oh, three. Oh, three? Maybe oh, four. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, five. So um, then we were like in a hit and run through Halifax. We're like peeling around like gas. Like the dude didn't even attempt to follow us because he was like, you guys are fucked. Like, what do you mm -hmm. think's going to happen? I just wrote down the big number. <laughs> Not even your you license plate. Haul. The number on the side of the thing. Yeah. Truck 84. We got you. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got away. Then we like went to this. Uh, we parked in this guy's driveway just to like catch our breath. And the dude comes out whose driveway we're in. And he's looking at our truck. And so I get out of the truck. And uh, he's like, what happened to your roof? And that's the first time we would thought we'd realized we'd done any damage. And I looked at the roof and it was like peeled, peeled back. back. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the drive-thru. We'd hit the drive-thru. Oh, fuck. Um, so we're like, oh, it happened in New Brunswick. I don't even know what I said. And then we got in the truck and drove away. And we went and picked up her little sister, who's not that little. She was like 15. <laughs> okay. Just you're just driving the U-Haul around. Well, now we're like, you're, what do we do? We're in a panic. driving the crime scene around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're in a panic. So we pick up her sister. Her sister's like, you guys should just drop the U-Haul off and pretend like it wasn't you. Or like just, you know, we're like, great idea. <laughs> so we drop the U-Haul off. And then the cops pulled up and they're like, have you seen Adrian Fish and this other girl who I won't out they, but, pull, uh, they pulled up to what me to the U-Haul to the to, like we would walk out of the U-Haul we're like kind of on the road now so we're like maybe a 10 minute walk from the U-Haul okay. place and they knew both our names and but we were there was three of us instead of two of us mm -hmm. so the cops were like so I guess confused. these aren't them or confused them confused us <laughs> um and so we're like nope never seen him before in our lives and then we went to the bus station and we had a big plan. I was going to go home and they were going to go home. And that would be the that would be the end of it. Yeah. I went back to my place. They went back to theirs. But she got surrounded by like six paddy wagons. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently she was in a cab and the cops were like radioing into the cab being like, you've got a fugitive. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so like six paddy wagons because they thought it was going to be this like. You know, they had no idea who was going to mm -hmm. be in this car. And it was this, she was tiny. She's like five foot four. So this is moving in for second year. Second year. <clears throat> so you still have uh, about a half a year of fucking up. Oh, yeah. After this. Oh, we have, I have three more years of so fucking up. <laughs> what happens, what happens with like all this? Are the charges laid? You know, what's fucked is that nothing happened. So the dude who's Mercedes Benz was Jen had this girl Jen had no insurance mm -hmm. so he was like just didn't claim anything against her um and the U-Haul I think we paid like I think I think uh the insurance because I got an insurance on the U-Haul they that that covered that okay and the drive-thru we never heard a thing from the liquor store the only thing that there was was something there was a, a hit and run against Jen and a driving without insurance against her mm -hmm. and we went to court over it and the judge like literally dropped it it was <laughs> it was nuts I could have just been high but like I'm pretty <laughs> sure that happened and like that was it like we suffered zero consequences which was Man, Nuts. that is uh, the definition of white, white privilege. privilege. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for showing up at court. And white privilege. Just because you did, we're going to let you. <laughs> white privilege on so many levels. White, <clears throat> snow, white. Um. Get so it? now you go, <laughs> all this gets <laughs> white lines of privilege. White lines of privilege. <laughs> um. So... You get all this settled, and you're now just a shitty student living shitty student living in Halifax. Yeah, you out got of control, it. out of control, totally out of control. And what stealing friends from friends from family, steal stealing. from roommates, stealing from everyone, anyone and everyone. Like I'm telling you, I was I did a 180. Like I was a different person, which is why now when I see people like all fucked up on drugs, it's like yeah, that's not. I know that's not you because mm -hmm. if that's what that can do to me, like mm -hmm. oh, I, like yeah, that's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And flips you. It changes you. It messes with your whole life. 
Don't um, do drugs. Don't do drugs. Just do a little bit of that. <laughs> just hold your shit, okay? <laughs> get your shit together when you're doing them. Um, so you get thrown out of school. Yeah, I got thrown out of school. Um, um, and what's the living situation now? You stay out in now Halifax? Now I stay out in Halifax, and I live with my girlfriend. Okay. Um, in Dartmouth, which is like across the street from Halifax. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we live in a place called, in like the ghetto, like Highfield Park. I'm working at Tim Hortons. Stealing from Tim Hortons? Oh, all of it, of course. Yeah, yeah the whole thing. And Do you get busted stealing from Tim Hortons? N- never. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> and that was my life for like, it was tumult- super tumultuous. Yeah, just tons of crap. And uh, what, this goes on for a few years? This goes on for probably another year and a half. Um, and what's your uh, family situation at this point? Like any communication? Crazy. There's communication, but it's like super... You know, really bad terms with everyone. Mm-hmm. My sister got married at one point. I came back from the marriage and then I stole my parents' visa and flew back to Halifax. Like, I was out of control. Um, left them a note saying, like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I really was sorry. Uh, please don't cancel your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm on the plane. Um and you're that, just buying from the fucking Sky Mall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like seventeen Kit Kat bars. <laughs> just hitting the online duty free right now. Yeah, and have some booze when I get off this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my. That was it. Was crazy. Uh, when eventually, it was my dad's kind of tough love. Uh, that was like, well, if you don't want to. He, they, he eventually cut me off completely. Yeah. Uh, my mom had a really hard time with it because it's scary. They're like, well, if I don't give my kid any money, where are they going to get money from? You know, it's really mm-hmm. hard for a parent to fully be like, to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. Because um, if they're not, I don't know, I, especially a girl can do uh, a lot of different things to get money. Totally, uh, yeah. Especially something a father would not want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, and uh, what's the what's the end game here? So what the end... Because you talk about in your stand back about going to, like, you're on the streets. Yeah, so eventually... Like, is this a part, of, like, just you're living in the slums and, like, going to, like, uh, shelters for food? Or what are you doing? Are you... Well, eventually when I moved back to Toronto, that's what happened. So I moved oh, back to you... Toronto. Um, and then Jen, my, my girlfriend at the time, took a plane with me or, like, came to... Followed me. Mm-hmm. And this was, by the way, a super abusive relationship. So, like, that's why physical it's or emotional. Emotional at first, yeah. Um, and then you know things got a little crazy. So you kicked there. your ass. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish, uh, but mostly just um, uh, emotional, which is weird when you're that young because mm-hmm. you're like, is the, you can't. If someone punches you, you're like, oh, this is abuse. But when someone's emotionally abusing you, you're just like. It's really hard to, especially at that age, to like know how to deal with it or understand it or even talk about it or yeah. even be aware that it's happening. So anyway, so then, uh, yeah, I moved back to Toronto. My girlfriend followed do you, me. Do you, like, uh, w- when you move back, like, is it your, do your parents come for you and say you're coming? Or is it this, you going, no, I'm. it's time for me to get the fuck out of this situation? It was kind of the first time that I stood up to this girl, which is like, you know, this thing, it was a crazy time in my life, but I was a doormat for a long time. Um and so this was my, this was kind of a, a, I don't regret it because it really did show me how to like stand up for myself and figure myself out and stand on my two feet and know what's, where my limits are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recognizing when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, recognizing that like, you don't deserve that. And that's a really like hard line to find. Um, but figured it out and and I stood up to her. And that, at that point, it was kind of like a turning point. It took about another year before we actually completely split ways but it, that was a turning point for me where i was like i'm not you're, dealing you're, with this. so you're flying back to toronto yeah and she's she's broken up oh we've broken up you said she followed you though. she followed me like on the same flight not or? on the same flight but like maybe like a week later you know you have this like yeah, yeah. thing where like i fucking hate you and then because it's so tumultuous yeah i took a flight home um, and you go live with your parents at this point i was staying at home and then i decide me and jen decide that actually we are in love and she's coming to toronto my parents say if she's coming to toronto you're not you're staying here yeah. so at that point we had that's when we started uh lived on the streets for a little while um not too long um but it was we didn't we had no money mm-hmm. um and we weren't doing blow at this point at this point it was just like we well anything we could yeah just mostly just like drinking a fuck ton yeah. um and just trying to 
Just get through the day. Just get through the day, yeah. So the, it was kind of nuts. And how there. old are you at this point? I guess I was like 20. 18, yeah, 17, 18, 19, yeah, about 20 years old. Jesus fuck. I had craziness. And then, uh, and then after a on the, while. Like when you say on the street, like, like are you sleep in a park or you go to like a sometimes. shelter at night? Or? Sometimes in a park, um, sometimes in shelters. Covenant House, big ups to Covenant House. Like they are an incredible shelter. Like, Which one's that one? It's for youth. So you go oh, okay. and like the first thing they ask you, like, have you eaten today? And. You know, then they give you a meal and they say you up with TTC tokens and you see a social worker and you like really like they 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 take care. I was supposed to do a um, a show at a shelter one time and I showed up and it was the first of the month and nobody was there. Right. <laughs> Everyone had checks in hand yeah. and they had fucked up. Yeah. Uh, bye bye. Yeah, the people like, oh, we should have done this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, sometimes there's shelters and sometimes there's, um, parks and it was the summertime. So luckily it was warm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I can't imagine what it would be like. Um, and for real, like I, you know, I still had my family yeah. and I still had outs and I was really like, you know, I still had ways of, uh, you know, there was, I, I was d absolutely in no way in like in a hard, hard way. Like it was, it was shitty and I was going through some times, but I still had, it was, yeah, you could it almost shoot. wasn't, yeah, it almost wasn't a reality. What about her? What was her, what was her home situation? Similar to mine, but yeah. she could also just go home, mm -hmm. you know, she, uh, Toronto girl. No, she's from, from out East. Okay. So, um, she would have to go home. And did, she, did she ever make it home? Did she what? Did she ever make it home? She did, yeah. Really? We eventually split ways for good. Um, and she went home, and I was at home. It was actually at New Year's. Me and my buddy were playing Punch for Punch, you know that game Punch for Punch? Um, yeah. And this is a point, like, this is a, a, probably, like, maybe six months into us being in Toronto, and it just being a fuck show. And... I went to New Year's um, with, uh, yeah, I started to kind of get my life a little more back in order. And there'd been some back and forth, her going back to Halifax and then us breaking up and then getting back together and her coming back. Like there was a while of this craziness. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we saw a guy get shot. We were on the streets and we saw a guy get shot. And then we almost, we got into, they followed us. It was a crazy night. Jeez. And then we decided that we're done this. So she went home. I was back in my house. And then it was New Year's, like, really soon afterwards. And I remember, yeah, I was playing punch for punch with my buddy Greg. And he, we were getting really, like, we were wasted. And so then he punched me. He's like, we were punching. It gets harder and harder. And then he punched me so fucking hard. And I, I, he's, he told me, he was like, 80, I punched you as hard as I could. <laughs> and this is my buddy Greg. This is the one who was my fake boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, and I came at him with everything that I had. And I broke my thumb. <laughs> and I don't know what happened, but there was this, like, I had like an ice pack on my hand. There was this thing where I just knew, I was like, I am done with Jen. And it was like a thing. I just knew it. I'd always been like, I think I am. I, maybe I am. But mm -hmm. this is like, I am done. You had to get your aggression out, eh? I guess so. I had to break just, my hand about it. another angry lesbian <laughs> had to go punch a man. <laughs> sort out her problems. <laughs> it fixed me. Uh, and then that was it. And then I was like, all my actions were totally different from that point forward. Mm -hmm. um, and and how old are you at this point? I was about 21 at this about point. About 21. Yeah. So what do you do for the next couple of years then? Do you try to go back to school? I did. I went back to school. Not um, Dalhousie though. No. <laughs> I went back to Halifax. Close uh, to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My parents had lockdown. Uh, I went to U of T, graduated okay. from U of T for the next, I would went there for the next three years because I had to restart my whole second year. Mm -hmm. And how did, uh, like... Was it a slow, slow mend on the home front, like with your parents? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Man. Yeah. It took a long time to like rebuild relationships with everyone in my life. I had mm -hmm. zero people, but not that I had zero people, but like people didn't know who I was anymore yeah, because yeah. I had just behaved in such a awful way for the past four, almost four years that mm -hmm. people were very like, I didn't really have close friends and my parents were really tentative around me. My sister, I mean, that's the thing. I had a, I had a support group still. Mm -hmm. I had, still had my family. So like anyone going through addictions without that kind of so like security net, like I can't imagine what that's like. It was hard for me and, yeah. and I, had a, I had all the things intact. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine what it would be like for. Yeah, no doubt. If, if there's no structure there, then what the hell's holding you back? It, totally. I was kind of, I mean, I sometimes I look back on it and I find it like this obnoxious 
I think of it like I was this obnoxious little, you know, <laughs> privileged child who's like, I'm going to go do drags. <laughs> and I recognize that, but I also, I know what it was like to go through it. Yeah, but it's, addiction's got nothing to do with privilege. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just there's fucking, the- some people like things just a little too much, eh? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of other emotional shit that goes through there, I think. But yeah, it was, mm. it was crazy. It totally shaped me. Mm-hmm. But I made it through. So what do you go back to school for? What do you take? Uh, I took psychology. Psychology. Psychology eh? and criminology. That was I took. You have to double major at U of T. Really? Yeah. So those are my. So, so what was the uh, what was the plan with that? <laughs> comedy. <laughs> <laughs> was comedy always the plan though? No, not at all. <laughs> I graduated. I want. I knew I wanted to graduate. I knew I need. I wanted that as like just as a. A personal thing I wanted to graduate, yeah. and also did you I, ever work in the field? Never, not no? for one day. <laughs> um, I knew if you want to work in that field, you got to get like your master's, and yeah, I was yeah. not an academic at that point. I just wanted to finish. You so just I wanted f- to waste more of your parents' money, <laughs> you privileged little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dad, wipe your ass with your diploma. Or your fucking. What do you get from university? I don't even know. Not a diploma. You get your degree. Degree. Yes. <laughs> don't got one of those. I've got a diploma for television broadcasting, everyone. Thank but that's, you. that'd be cool. I would have, you know, if I could redo school, I'd probably do something. Oh, it was great. I made, television. I made uh, all my assignments were video projects. So, like, I was just learning how to edit, learning how to, like, so cool. Photoshop, do graphics, shit like that. Way and, more useful for now. Yeah, yeah. And um, every video I submitted uh, had some sort of suicide in it. <laughs> in- interesting. Yeah. And, uh, Do you want to talk about it? No, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like, it was just, like, the teacher actually took me aside and was like, I really have to talk to you as a professional. Right. And question this. And I just started laughing at him. And he's like, what? I go, oh, man, it's just a joke. I know, like, like I've never had a suicidal thought. Mm. Um, but I, I find it, I found it very funny back then. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, and plus, uh, what the fuck was that, uh, Zach Morris movie, uh, Dead Man on Campus. Never saw it. You know, it was about these, uh, I don't know, it was about these uh, college kids that find a loophole in the system that if their roommate kills themselves, they get straight A's and they're flunking, so they just try to recruit a suicidal roommate. What but it's, is uh, this? It's, it's a pretty funny movie. Um, <laughs> and I remember like, I thought of that movie when he asked me, and I was like, and then, by the way... Oh, Zach Morris did it. <laughs> no, no, I said, I said, I think it's funny, and you're never going to fail a suicidal kid. <laughs> he was just like... <laughs> A good point. <laughs> Jeff Paul squeezes through. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, I, I guess my schooling became useful. I, yeah. I yeah, still no. work at CTV 15 years later. Nice. So, hey, we're doing something right. We're doing it. Yeah, I, I, I used my education, unlike you. <laughs> I shit. I guess it taught me discipline, and that's what, you know. Well, what what's the timeline here? You're about 25 coming out of this, coming out of the university? Out of university, yeah, 25, almost 20. Yeah, yeah, because I went traveling at 25. I graduated, and I met this, uh, I was in a relationship with this other um, awesome girl for after that. Yeah. Um, not a drug addict. Not a drug addict. <laughs> do you have to explain, uh, like when you in a new relationship, do you have to, like, how do you bring up that period of your life to somebody? <laughs> well, now I'm so far past it that it is funny to just bring it up. So you just graze by it. Oh, uh, you uh, know, like, I, I like this. I like this. Oh, cocaine addiction when I was in my early 20s. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but then everything's great. Because um, yeah. I, I remember, uh, I always found it weird. My shame was uh, being divorced. Oh, I'm like yeah, that's 20, a good one. 27 years old. And then like, oh, would you get married? I'm like, not again. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then you did. Hey, I um, I told Kira on her first date how much I hate marriage. And I was like, it's stupid. It's fucking blah, blah, blah. I just went on a big rant. And she went, oh, I've, I've always wanted to get married. No. And I went, oh, I'd totally get married again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that window open. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you just kind of fucking sweep it under the rug and be like, yeah, this was a time, but now I'm... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like proud of it, but I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm like, yeah, and this <laughs> crazy fucking time happened and then this is... <laughs> but I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and now my life is so fucking awesome that mm-hmm. it's just kind of crazy to look back on that and it just adds dimension to Where'd you? how long did you travel after you got out of school I traveled for about a year with um, this girl with this girl yeah what do you, you Lived, 
Like, Lived in the Caymans for like six months. Just working where you're landing, shit like that? Um, Pretty much, yeah. Well, or, we worked in the Caymans. Yeah, we yeah. were servers. And then we thought that we would just save our money in the Caymans, but it's just like a pool of... It's like Temptation Island. It's like everyone's beautiful and 25 yeah, yeah. and yeah, dancing yeah. around and partying, which is what we did for six months. And so we didn't save any money. We kind of walked out there even mm-hmm. and then decided to go traveling. Uh, through South America. That's a fun party, though. A resort? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It was amazing. I lived on a Caribbean island. Like, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, barely worked. Got fired from every job I went to. But there's so many, like, restaurants that, and so many expats are there that they're like, yeah, sure, fine. Here, there's a job. And you're like, great. And then you get wasted one night and don't go to work the next day. And you're like, you're fired. Like, okay, bye. I, I got, <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the next place. Yeah. I got a... I got a buddy, uh, Nick Bailey. <clears throat> he owns a chill bar down there on uh, King Street, the uh, the ice bar. Cool. Uh, I'll throw him a plug. Why not? But uh, there's a story about Nick. I've, I've never uh, talked to him about it to find out if it was true. But he was working on a resort down in the uh, Caribbean. And some show came through, like some entertainment show. And they bought a local donkey uh, for their show. And then after they were like done their whatever, they're just like, just going to get rid of the donkey, like let it loose or something. So Nick took it into uh, his like quarters where he was staying and he was feeding this donkey with resort food um, for a while until they found out that he had a donkey in his room. And you kept the donkey in his room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, and then <laughs> they were like, you can't have this donkey here. And uh, he's like, I want the donkey. You know, he wanted to fight for the donkey. They're like, well, then you can't be here with the donkey. So legend has it, he rode out of the resort on, on the, the donkey. donkey. <laughs> Into the sunset. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then I, I, forget, <laughs> I think Horwood was telling me this story. And then he's like, yeah, and then he went like to the next town or whatever. And he was like making money by renting the donkey out to farmers. <laughs> like, I don't know if you need a donkey or something. <laughs> <laughs> I guess donkeys are workhorses. I don't know. <laughs> never met a donkey before but yeah that's um that's the kind of shit that goes on in those weird islands yeah i've seen cocktail (laughs) (laughs) tom cruise you know kira had never watched cocktail until we were together and she like her entire adult life she was a bartender you gotta see cocktail cocktail dirty dancing that's like those are staples of our childhood yeah 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 but I, I I made her watch it. She wasn't too impressed. Not a big <laughs> Tom a Cruise bad. fan. Such a bad. I love Tom Cruise. He's always the guy I'd delivers. Peg You'd peg Tom Cruise. Yeah, hundred percent. I want to get into this. <laughs> this brings us full circle. Well, you have sent me many dick pics. Of course. <laughs> and just Paul dick pics all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, I remember one time you sent it, and there was like uh, <laughs> an iced tea can. There was an iced tea can, but the one time it like the thing had lint all over it. Or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like clean that dick, man. <laughs> <clears throat> do you buy this strap on with a girl or do you buy it on your own? You can do both. Okay. Um, my strap on. Like I would figure you would have to have a new one for each girl or. No, I mean, no? I mean, it's, you know, like, uh, is this, my, is this strap on carrying disease? <laughs> <laughs> you boil that shit. Um, and that's the funniest part actually is the boiling part. Cause sometimes you want to have it like ready to go. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you want to, like, you know, you want to be good to go. But sometimes. That's how you know, you're getting ready for a date. You like, boil your dick. Yeah, totally. I gotta do my hair. I gotta boil my dick. <laughs> totally. It's part of the process. Sometimes you just fuck up and it's not ready. And then like I, uh, it was recently actually, I was <laughs> just going to appreciate this. Um, I started seeing this girl um, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to boil the dick and it was like just as things were getting hot and heavy it's kind of like putting the condom on I guess is <laughs> what long it would be like except it like is like 10 minutes to boil it and then it's got to boil for another like couple minutes and you gotta take it out you can't just like it's burning can, can you not store it clean yeah that was, that's what you're supposed to do yeah. but sometimes it's like you know yeah, after, especially when you're in a relationship after sex you whip it in the corner yeah exactly you just after throw sex, the pile. Like, take your dick off throw it in the laundry that is exactly what you do and when you first you know but then all of a sudden the next night you're like oh fuck I forgot to boil the dick uh, and then you have to do it well and that's just it was such a funny thing. We're like, ooh, dick's ready. You know, like it's it's a fun little part, I guess. You can't just you have to boil it every time. You can't you can't just clean up 
with soap? No, run through you're a dishwasher? Wanna, you're gonna, you could run it through a dishwasher, <laughs> um, but you're going to... I don't have it. Well, I do have a dishwasher, but I'm not going to run it through Was that. there, uh, like, instructions? when? It, like Totally. When you opened, there was a piece of paper that told you... This is how like, you take care, care and everything? of it. Yeah, 100%. That's funny, man. I, I bought my ex a vibrator one time, mm-hmm. and the girl working at the store was the most helpful employee of any store I've ever been they, to. Uh, totally. They're committed. 110%. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I've got this one at home. It's great. And like, just going through everyone and just so like, I don't know, just not embarrassed of anything. And no. Like, oh. And like, that's kind of why they're hired. Cause they're just like, yeah, this is a thing. Like it, mm-hmm. it normalizes it. Cause you can walk in there kind of like, Ooh, go zip me. This is this. But plug is not for me, but it is, you know, but they normalize everything. They're like, yeah, this is the, these are the anal beads that I end up using. That know? fucking butt plug shelf though. Have they have them like lined up getting in bigger? Sizes. How fucking big do those things get, man? Dude. Like, is that a butt plug or a football at the end? (laughs) (laughs) It's questionable. You never really know. But yeah, you can get your, I mean, you, I have one that I got, uh, I got out of an eight year relationship recently or like a year or so over a year ago. And then I remember being like, and we have like a little bag of dicks that you have with your partner. Cause you go shopping from time to time. You're like, let's go shopping. You get, want to get another toy. Let's get some dicks. Uh, And it could be a dick. It could be a vibrator. It could be whatever. But then I was like, okay, now I'm going to go. I want to get something on my own that I just have. It's new. It's just kind of like a... Do you have to throw out the bag of dicks after the breakup? We never did. Just go dump it down the dump it down the uh, the fucking garbage chute. Just hear them. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. I still have the bag of dicks. Um, I haven't used it. No, you know, you kind of get bored of one, and then you just kind of stop using it. That's kind of what happens. Is there um. I, I don't know much about the lesbian uh, game in bed, mm-hmm. uh, but I've heard there's uh, like there's some lesbians that like don't even like the penetration. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there's some lesbians that don't like penetration for sure. Yeah, some lesbian like you know, there's like uh, there's something called a switch where it's like you both kind of like. Both. Is that like do, is that a problem with you? Like you <laughs> find that out because like what pleasure do you get out of the strap on? Um, it's fucking, it's hot. Yeah. It's really hot to fuck someone, yeah. right? Like, it's yeah. just like that, like, there's just something about that power dynamic. And also just like seeing someone, I don't know, there's something that's like visually very stimulating. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a I've huge seen that. I've turn seen that before. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as like a woman, if you're getting to like, even if you're like, if you're the guy, you get to probably shag him or pe- peg him as you so eloquently put. Um, there's probably something that's like, I don't know, maybe it's a power thing. Maybe it's a, I don't know. I don't know what the psychology is behind it, but there's something that is a huge turn on about it. Um, and to know that you're like, makes the other person feel good, right? Like yeah, yeah. That's also a huge turn on. And then you just get turned on and then you're just so turned on and then like take the dick off and, or then, I don't know, whatever. Then have a good time. Do, 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 do you... Do Switch sh- it? Yeah, do you switch up? Totally. Yeah, so yeah you'll take, you're feeling. You'll take the D. It also depends on where you're at. I like this conversation. This is open. Um, <laughs> it's it also potato files, baby. We don't, we don't hold back here. <laughs> you know what's funny about the potato files is I was telling this girl, I was like, I'm going to go do a podcast tonight. The potato files. She's like, the pedophiles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's um, get back to those 14-year-old girls in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> On the pedophiles this month. Never sleeps network. The pedophiles. It depends also like where what you're feeling. Sometimes as a woman, uh, as women will attest to this, sometimes you feel like getting having a shag and sometimes you don't feel like it and Mm -hmm. so it really depends on where you're at usually it corresponds to your cycle a lot like are you ovulating if you're ovulating that you tend to want to like need that dick yeah um you need that dick (laughs) uh or if you're like just after your period or just before it or like there's different you have different modes of what you want yeah um sometimes they line up with the partner that you're with and sometimes they're off and sometimes whatever so it's kind of just goes without your feeling has there ever been, uh, you, you say on stage, you sucked two dicks? Two dicks? It was actually one dick twice. One dick it's, twice. Uh, yeah. This just just the mouth penetration? No, a, f- a full penetration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, so what, yeah. what, what do you... It was a threesome with a dude named Nick. What's the uh, what's the term for lesbians that never have been with a man? Uh, a gold star. Gold star. Not no. a gold star, no, right? No, silver. Silver. Uh, silver star. Yeah, but with one guy. One guy. When was this? During the drug phase? This was during the drug phase. Yeah. In fact, I was really fucking high. Uh, <laughs> I bet this guy had a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Nick, get that dick open. <laughs> Thank God he didn't have any blow because I heard you can't get it up when you're doing blow. Uh, no, Nick, it was a threesome that I'd had with, with we met him at a, at a pool hall. Okay. Um, and we talked about it. We're like, let's get a dude in there. Um, and then he was the, he was the lucky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Good, good. And you, 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 that was it, eh? That was it, yeah. Um, but you have been talking to me about how you're, 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 you're leaning that way lately. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm leaning that way, but I have you're no. I've never it. had any problem with being like I've just never been. My preference is with women, mm-hmm. so that's where my eye gets drawn to. Yeah, it's yeah. not that I would be like I'm. I'm not someone that would never be with a guy, yeah, but yeah. my that's where my preference goes. Where my eye gets drawn. So like. Two in the morning, you look around, it's just dudes at the bar, you're like, eh. Oh, fuck well, yeah, take deal. one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> Any of you boys like to get pegged? <laughs> That's exactly my opening line, actually. Um, no, I'd be with a guy, um, but right now I'm seeing this this girl, and she's fucking dope. How long have you been with her? I met her at Pride, so it's brand, brand spanking oh, you. Oh, nice, nice. New love, eh? Yeah, it's the best, especially after like an eight-year relationship. Now I'm able to recognize the phases a little more. What's the um, what's the lesbian code on, uh, on uh, monogamy? It depends. Because I know gay guys are pretty loosey-goosey right. most of the time. Uh, I think that, yeah, gay guys are for sure. Um, what it are is you true? shaking well, your head at? Like, you know. It's I true, know though. I know gay guys. It is true. They, they're like, hey, yeah, I... I like one gay couple buddy, buddies there, they talk about, like, yeah, if it pops up, and they just let each other know. Yeah, I think, Like, well, what'd you do today? I blew a guy in the Sears locker room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, guys are just generally kind of want to, just are just more sexually, like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. So, yeah. um, and I think they're more also And we don't open, see it as a... Uh, right. It's not an emotional thing. Yeah, it's a, we just need to fucking come! Yeah, exactly. So, I think that guys are, and also, once you're kind of, like, on the fringes of what's the norm of sexuality, mm-hmm. then you're also more open to exploring potentially different ideas of mm-hmm. what that could mean and to be honest i think actually in our world right now in our in our western world um the ideas of polyamory are are kind of a little more people are way more open to it like today mm-hmm. than they were maybe even like a few years ago you know who's not open to it here my uh, wife <laughs> <laughs> that's not what she said to me last night <laughs> listen fish you ever want to come have a threesome you come down to the house thank you um at any point thank and we you. will uh we will uh we'll set it up oh kira you hear that mm-hmm. but shave too kira's a kira's a lady <laughs> wax brother you're pretty liberal with your body hair, but sometimes you're you're very clean shaven, and you then other times up? you don't give just, a fuck. I've just started shaving. Like my legs are shaved, my armpits are shaved. I don't know. I just it's not even a thing where I'm like it's a statement. It's just I get lazy, and then I just don't. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. This and is... you don't care. And like I, most girls are like, oh my god, I gotta shave my legs. No, yeah, I really don't care. But the, I know sometimes. Then all of a sudden you shave your legs once, you're like, ooh, it's so silky. Like yeah. if you ever shaved your legs, you'd be like, ooh, this. Is Do you think you find yourself uh, keeping? trim because you're probably because I'm in a new relationship yeah. um, there's probably something to do there yeah you're kind of like taking care a little more how did you go to pride clean cut always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clean cut dick boiled ready to go you th- I bet that's like uh, especially church in Wellesley area if there's like uh, waxing places I, that's their busy time oh they're like oh sure. fucking pride's yeah, coming up Christmas. we gotta we gotta staff up <laughs> <laughs> 17 girls in there waxing sweating <laughs> um holy fuck has that been over an hour alex didn't even break the cusp here uh, just getting into her um this is dope we this uh is dope. this is dope and mike yeah which is happening dope and mike every wednesday uh if this this comes out um two days before our big jfl 42 show at the yeah. old dope and mike at the underground you got anything else going on fish you want to tell the people anything well i'm gonna be on that show you're gonna be on that show super pumped about um that's the only jfl 42 show i'm doing I saw you on the underground lineup for uh, Joey's trying to say that the the Thursday, the 18th of October is their first legal weed night. And I'm like, no, it's the night before. It's the 17th. But Yeah, yeah. But she's got you booked for the 18th. I saw mm. something. Oh, the 17th. I'm at the Danforth Music Hall doing Accent on Toronto. Well, look at you go, cool. eh? Yeah. Is that an LOL taping? That is uh, it's for radio. Yeah, LOL. So, yeah, I think it's LOL. Yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah. nice. Well, um, that's good. So, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, things are just... Things are going Normal well. Normal shows, yeah. Careers on fire. We didn't even get into how you got into comedy, but uh, you know, do a bunch of coke for a few years. Then you're like, this crashing into smoker stores. 
and uh, then you become a comedian. Every, everything's great. Hear that, kids? <laughs> that's the path. Yeah, yeah. That's the road to yuck yucks, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I could honestly talk to you for fucking two more hours, but um, people lose attention. And Alex is on a tight schedule here at Never Sleeps Network. Did I mention it enough? Did I mention it enough? Look, he's shaking his head. Watch this. Get him to talk. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Listen to this enunciation. I am well. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows how to carry his voice. Um, well, thank you for coming down, yeah, guys. Uh, what sweet. are your socials? Plug those. Uh, Instagram is at Adrian Fishy Fish Fish. Uh, again, that's at Adrian Fishy Fish Fish, and my Twitter is at Adrian underscore Fish. Uh, she's fucking hilarious, guys. Um, great to watch on stage, uh, and I suggest you get out there and see her, um, and maybe. Come see her this Wednesday at the Underground Comedy Club for Dope and Mike Comedy, uh, JFL 42 edition. Guys, my name's Jeff Paul. You know where to find me, uh, Jeff Paul Comedy, on all the socials. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Potato Files. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pedophiles. Pedophiles. We're the pedophiles. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Hello to the five people still listening and mom. Thank you for listening to the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. Now that you're done this, go check out another NSN podcast created right here in Toronto. Comedy and wrestling fans, check out Casey Corbin's wrestling podcast, Talkin' Wrestling, here on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.